You're listening to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Dude, you're, you're the Tommy McNamara of podcasting. It's great. Thank you. Wait, what? With your hosts, Ian Lamberson. If you say one more bad thing about my growler, I'm going to cut you. And Harrison Crow. Patrick Mullins is what happens when you least expect it. From the kickoff to the shootout, we're amped up, we're ramped up. For a breakaway from a set play, it's a give and go. And yes, welcome to the American Soccer Analysis Show. Your host Ian with me today, Kieran Kingmaker Doyle and Harrison Hacksaw Crow. Say hello to everybody, Kieran and Harrison. Hacksaw is ready. Welcome back, friends. <laughs> That's right, folks. We are back. We are here for the brand new Major League Soccer season. A couple weeks late, sure, but you know us. We have to get that. That data, we you know at least two weeks. It's the minimum sample size for podcasting. We've always said that. That's been our policy the entirety of uh, the American Soccer Analysis Show podcast existence. And we will not sway from that. We will not defer from that um, just because we're too excited. Uh, 2023, exciting year. We're on Apple TV now, folks. Uh, IMLS, I guess, with the little, little lowercase i. Um, Kind of like EMLS, which is different. So, like, do we do we do we get this? Is this podcast now paid for by Apple? Like, is that yeah. a thing? I assume. I assume I'm gonna send them. I'm gonna send them the bill, and we'll okay. see what they say. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, gonna hope for the best on that one. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, uh, you know, it's a new Major League Soccer. It's 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 IMLS uh, from here on out. We're in the IMLS era, and uh, I could not be more excited. Um, I assume we're gonna be on Ted Lasso at some point. I assume we're going to be on that stage with Steve Jobs, the black turtleneck, Harrison, the black turtleneck. All that's going to happen. I don't think that's possible. I I could be wrong. I don't think, I don't think that last one, that, 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 that might not be entirely possible. I just want to throw that out there. I can see why. I see now why (laughs) that's no longer possible. Do, do you think we could get, Jason Sudeikis to come on the podcast. Absolutely. Uh, would I do that? Hmm. Interesting question. Of course I would. Do, it would make our podcast we, way more do popular. We think, do we think him or Coach Beard, whose actor's name I can't remember, know, like, do you think they know about XG? No. Uh, Brandon, oh, Coach Beard. Co- yeah, Brandon, uh, uh, Brandon Hunt. Hunt is his name. And I think he probably does. Yes, like he seems to have agree. taken a crash course in being able to talk about soccer with soccer people over the last couple of years. Um, and so while I, I haven't found his analysis particularly like incisive or anything, like he, he seems to be able to work his way around a little like, uh, yeah, you know, you got to go challenge yourself at the highest levels, like that kind of, that kind of guy. So um, I'm into it. We could get Brendan Hunt on here. He was always my favorite part of uh, the original commercial anyway, way back in the day. Um, when Ted Lasso is just a six-minute TV commercial. That's that, a thing, Coach. Yep. 
you know yeah. that's 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 how it works uh how are you guys enjoying your uh, apple era of major league soccer uh as as someone who the only way to watch mls games prior to this year was uh through the like local sports network which is very expensive or through a streaming platform that you could only watch games on like a multiple day delay um like you you couldn't watch games until 24 hours later which was always great um this has been life-changing. I've been full sick on mode just on the couch Saturday, 5 o'clock until midnight. Games Would you game. say that life change is a good life change or a detrimental life change? <laughs> I mean, I'm, in, I'm enjoying it. I'm yeah. enjoying it. It's been a blast. We've been in the, the, the patron discord and chat is popping during the game they are they are popping during the games they do love they do love to pop off on the games it's uh, I, I have been loving it so far and the quality of the broadcast is like it's such a small quality of life thing but you compare like mls broadcast last year to mm-hmm. premier league games or champions league games and it's like philadelphia on like a dreary Saturday afternoon at two thirty, and it's like super washed out because it's like five forty p, and it's just brutal. And now you have like these super crisp broadcasts, and like everything's just a little bit smoother. The picture quality is so much nicer. The colors are vibrant because everybody's playing at night, so it's like you actually have really good contrast now. Uh, the whip around show is like a nice addition. I think it's like just a nice addition, but. The actual games look so much better; it's unbelievable. Yeah. What about what about you, Harrison? Are you enjoying our new <laughs> Apple Overlords? Uh, I will say, I did, there's been a couple of announcers that I, I've been shocked listening to them for the first time. They've been calling uh, MLS for a couple times, uh, or for a couple of years rather. And you know what? I'm I'm thoroughly unimpressed. Uh, <laughs> like I really am. I'm, like uh, the whole like. Uh, they they introduced the, I think Max Brito was the announcer that just basically uh, talked about uh, the XG debate and whether or not that's real and uh, yeah. they just, like yeah. that just threw me through like oh I got time traveled it was it was weird and he's just like I'm not a big analytics guy and it's like mm. like yeah, expected nice. goals at this at this stage like and, and you guys can correct me if I'm wrong I don't feel like that's a big analytics tool like I think that that's a pretty straightforward analysis at this stage that i don't know maybe maybe i'm completely wrong i think the the quality is great uh i had a lot of audio issues during the sounders game but i think uh, it was probably uh i don't know i i feel like that was maybe a small contingent of people that experienced that so overall it's fine it, it's good um it's fine it's fine. Yes. I, I don't think that it was as life changing for me as it was for our dear friend from the north. Um, but then again, I think that in the Pacific Northwest, I think we're kind of spoiled with what we had access to locally and what we had access to uh, from the clubs that we support and the clubs that we watch on a consistent basis. Yeah, for me, it was kind of just I'm you know my my favorite team is out in the Northwest, but I, I I'm in the South. So it, it was a very, uh, I didn't have a local thing, but like the ESPN plus was just like the same thing, but just kind of worse quality, but also it was a whole lot cheaper. So I don't know, six and one, you know, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but, 
but but overall i think it's kind of an interesting i think it's a good step like it seems like apple really is throwing stuff behind this and um you know they they do make it pretty prominent when you go into the apple tv to watch your to watch your ted lasso to watch your um other uh apple tv television program that i I can't think of a single other one right now uh the stranger (laughs) the servant (laughs) One of Severance. Severance. Yeah, of course. Severance. The best one. There we oh go. Oh my gosh. Oh, that's what we gotta get. We gotta get Adam Scott on the program. I would take him over Jason Sudeikis. Absolutely. There, there, there's the foundation Eminem. as well. <laughs> you 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 come you come to MLS and you only know MLS and once you leave you have no knowledge of MLS anymore. <laughs> it's just like that's it. <laughs> Uh, I'll say one of my favorite things so far, at least, is that it seems like Apple have been really receptive to feedback. And I I don't know if they're like explicitly doing this, but it seems like when people are complaining about things, they're getting fixed pretty quickly. Like I know on the first first round, it was like the preseason, the last round of preseason matches. And like Mm -hmm. they had people like tuning the audio in real time we're like oh no okay the the announcer is too loud here the replay volume is too loud here and like week by week it has gotten better already so i'm kind of curious to see like at what point are they like this is fine or do they just keep kind of pushing the envelope yeah well like they took that wraparound show which i thought was kind of a disaster in the first week and they they listened to a lot of feedback and tweaked it and were like okay people actually just really want to watch soccer more than us talk about soccer <laughs> Uh, on our soccer showing show and it, it, it really improved a lot in week two, I thought. So uh, not perfect yet, but obviously I, I love to see that like they were like knowledge, like, yep, we can see why this bothered people. We're going to, we're going to try to like make these things a little bit better. And we're going to try to, um, you know, do that. Cause that's such a big tool, especially if you're going to put all the games kind of in one big slot now, um, which is something that I have, I have decided how much if I love that or not yet. Like it has definitely made schedule easier and made me less prone to sitting around all day in front of the television. But uh, yeah, it's a little bit harder to kind of keep an eye on everything without using that wraparound show. So that, that does need to be really, really good, but exciting that they're making one and that could be a thing for the future. So the future is bright 2023. I, I think it's, you know, we got a great, a great year ahead of us. Um, yeah, CCL starting on I guess tonight, right? Like tonight, when we're recording yeah. this, recording this on the seventh. Actually, Austin's playing right now. I think as we record, they are playing right now as we record, aren't they? Uh, a match they should probably win. Um, so I was kind of confused about this because, like, where are they playing that they're playing? Like, like this is a bizarre kickoff time anywhere. Correct. <laughs> it like six, like six, six o'clock on a week like even if it's eastern time six o'clock on a week yeah, I, on a weeknight is very weird I, I don't actually know where this game is i assume it is on the road who are they playing v- violet 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 yeah that's um this is this is the content you come for is this is what you me googling like that's a good question <laughs> yeah uh in the dominican republic we'll kick off at 5 p.m central time i don't that doesn't seem like a very. Uh, I don't think the Dominican Republic is on a vastly different time zone, so I don't. I don't know. Suboptimal kickoff planning, and they need Apple in the Dominican Republic. Uh, yeah, there's just GMT, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see, folks. What's going on with that? Um, maybe that was just when they could get on Fox Soccer, and Fox Soccer was like, whatever. No one's going to watch this anyway. So, uh, well, it's Austin. They will watch it. I, I, I will I will turn it on after after we're done with the 
with the podcast, I'll have it on. Uh, especially like Nick Lima is supposed to be starting at center back, so I'm totally going to be watching that. Well, that's enough uh, to get you right on. That's, yep. that's that's in my wheelhouse. That was targeted right at you. That was targeted to get you to tune in specifically. Yeah. So, um, so what we're going to kind of do this season um, as we do this. Uh, show every week, every couple weeks, uh, as we, as we find time is, um, we're going to be doing less of a kind of game by game sort of recap, go through like, you all have seen the games. You guys know, like we could read you the XG tables. Do you, do you really want that though? Like you, you all, you're literate. You're, you're able to go to the website. You're able to look up that information. Um, so what we're going to try to do is talk a little bit about major league soccer. Uh, and then every week we're going to, um, pick a team. And we're going to do that through uh, what Kieran calls the wheel of fandom, uh, and he has control of it, and uh, it's in his in his in his home right now, sitting next to him. Uh, and, and at the end of every week, he will he will spin that thing, and it will pick a random team for us, and we will spend some time the the next week trying to do like a deeper conversation, deeper dive about that particular organization. Um, and so, what we drew for week one is the Seattle Sounders, which is very interesting because. Um, they are going to be sounds like a very interesting team to talk about right now through the first two games. Um, so we're going to do that and uh, maybe a little bit less focus on just kind of uh, going through the week by week stuff. So hopefully that's amenable to you all. Let us know if it's not probably not going to change it. Even if you complain, but we're not, we're not Apple, you know, we don't listen to our feedback. Um, I refuse. <laughs> nice. But, but that, <laughs> no, no. Let us know if that's if that's not amenable to you, and we, we will rethink it. But but hopefully this is something that we can all enjoy. And that way, uh, people that are like you never talk about blank. Well, we're going to spend a whole thing on you, but just one, just one. And then when we run out of teams, which will never happen because there are too many teams now, um, then the show is over forever, and we never have to do it again. Uh, so twenty nine more episodes of the American Soccer Analysis <laughs> Show. Don't sound, don't sound so excited. Period. Period. Uh, so I these are all really, I'm really excited to draw the Sounders every week. That's that's what I'm looking forward to. Just gonna keep doing. I think we got to make a thing where it goes off the board, right? Like it, it can't. They do. Anything. They do. They do indeed get auto removed after this. Okay. Break. Otherwise, that would be very amusing if we just like pulled Austin seven weeks in a row. What are the chances? <laughs> All right, so um, let's, uh, first of all, you know, wish everyone in CCL good luck. Uh, Harrison, can you tell me one of the teams that will not win CCL this year? Austin. Okay, Kieran, name a team that will not win CCL this year. Uh, The Vancouver Whitecaps. Correct. I don't know about Harrison's, but I am 100% sure Kieran's is correct. I'm a Whitecaps truther. We will get there eventually. I'm a Whitecaps truther, but I don't, I don't think it's in the cards for them this year. Uh, is there want, any did you want me to say Orlando? Is that what you wanted me to say? Did you want me to, to kick Orlando too? While no, I just down? wanted you to say whatever team was in your mind. The only 100% correct answer, though, was Vancouver. <laughs> um uh, is there is there a major league soccer team? Do you think this is the year that major league soccer finally wins Concacaf Champions League for the second time ever in history? Uh, maybe. Like I think, I think it, no is probably my answer, but I think it's possible. It's a knockout competition. Things are weird, but I think this year more than most, the MLS teams are really really stretched thin depth wise. Um, like. 
we know the, the salary cap works as it does, where it's very difficult to maintain high-level depth if you win MLS Cup because there's so many bonuses that trigger. Like LAFC basically had to gut their depth to keep their team cap compliant this year. The Union didn't. The Union have been able to stay like pretty juiced. I think they just lost uh, Corey Burke was the only mm-hmm. one. Yep. Um, but then they go get Joaquin Correa from, from Montreal. Like They're kind of about the same. But because they don't have to worry about these bonuses. Aside from them, like Orlando had to rotate pretty heavily for the weekend's game to be able to play today. Uh, and then we'll probably have to rotate heavily in the league. But now it's like, okay, how heavily can you really rotate for the league? Because these points matter. And then I think if you make a deep CCL run, I think there might even be overlap with League's Cup or like early US Open Cup rounds. So it's like, uh, just just a lot of games. A lot of games. There are too many soccer games for what major league soccer teams' rosters should be expected to play. Um, does that mean it won't be fun? No. Does that mean it will be crazy? Yes. And that that's okay mm-hmm. to a certain degree. Um, but like, I think some of did the math and like you could feasibly if you go kind of the distance on these you could be looking at like a 60 game season which is if entirely if, entirely if had, too many games <laughs> if you came in at the earliest open cup round mm-hmm. which i think uh van or not vancouver um i think vancouver and one of the other ccl teams if they had the deepest possible runs in all of the tournaments and were one of the seeds who played the plan game and then went three games in their best of three and then went all the way to MLS Cup, you could play 59, I think. Which like is quite improbable, but it's possible. And these rosters are absolutely not built to play no. even 45, 50 games. But the important thing is that everybody gets a home game. You know, That's the important thing. Uh, oh, that's the other thing that the other big offseason is we haven't really discussed is the uh, the new playoffs. Uh, how, how are you guys feeling about this new playoff system? I mean, it is a new season, so of course we do need a brand new playoff format again. Um, even though everyone seemed really happy with the one we had last year. <laughs> out, of St. Louis, out of St. Louis, and you have a, uh, uh, that wonderful 29th team, right? Like it's just imbalanced, right? So kind yeah. of you have to have some mechanisms. Uh, to, to provide some semblance of balance, I guess. That's I think that was the thinking behind it. I don't I don't love it. It's fine. Whatever. Have you ever have either of you ever heard of a three leg a three no. game soccer series before? Are we breaking new ground? Are we finally innovating here? There was um there was like a, a rec league or like a youth league here mm-hmm. that did hockey style playoffs. Like yeah. you played best of five or whatever. Um, and, and the cool thing about it was like, you were playing to win. Like there is no, oh, we're up on, no, we can just draw the second leg. Like it doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, and it, it does like it, it very much incentivizes winning, which I think is something that I love about it. Where like you win two games and you get to rest. Like if you drag this out, it is very much worse for you. That is an interesting point I hadn't really thought about, I guess. So you I can sort of, if you, if you take care of it, you kind of get yourself an advantage over the next round. 
But then also that sort of, well, I guess that actually kind of works well for seeding then too. So there is a little more impetus for that. And um, there, there is like, you could shithouse three draws. Sorry, I don't know if I can't remember if I can swear. You, you, you can could, say, you, you, you each get one. You each get you, one, then you, you're, you're you finished could, for the week. You could finagle draws and just go to shootouts and win your best of three that way. Yeah. Um, which is like, but this is when it's a best of one, you can just cling on for a draw and win the shootout. Um, right. So like in theory, that can happen less here. Interesting. Um, I hate all change, uh, so I'm against it. That's just uh, that's my stance on that. Um, I think that covers all of the major league soccer news from the offseason. Uh, the major ones. Um, oh, yeah. Well, I guess we could do like one more. Um, is there uh, who, who had the best offseason in, in your in your expert opinions? Can I like I'm, I'm going to say not Orlando. I don't I don't. I don't like this. It's Orlando funny. It's love. funny. I was going to touch on that too. Go ahead, and I want to. I want to touch back on uh, on that as well. So, uh, like, the thing that I don't love about the Orlando love, and I don't really love the like who won the off season in general. Is mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. very it's very, it's very theoretical, and like we've seen lots of very good young players come to MLS and like not look good at all. Um, but like the thing I look at with Orlando is like. Okay, they added like some exciting talent, but it, I don't know. I look at them and I'm like, they're still not that good. Like, they still don't have an elite center back. They still, like, Galese is still extremely up and down. They're like, what's the name? Fukundo is really good, but then Ojeda is like super young and has not been very good in the first two games. So, like, I just. I think it's really easy to be like, oh, shiny new South Americans. Like, they're good, mm-hmm. but like, Atlanta are shiny new South Americans every year, and it didn't really work. Mm-hmm. My sure. answer, before I let Harrison give his anti Orlando thoughts, because this is an anti Orlando podcast, mm-hmm. is <laughs> uh, like, my answer is uh, it's cheating, but like, it's Seattle. All their players are healthy, and they added Haber, who's sick, and like, they didn't lose anyone actually good like I, it's huge to me Harrison yeah so I was going to comment on the, a lot of the same things that, that Kieran said but kind of on a little bit of a happier note right I think that there is hope I think that there's some interesting talent that they assembled I do think it's going to take a time uh, to put that all together and I think putting them into the CCL really sucks for them in the sense that they're just going to be throwing, they're they're just be going to be going through the grind really on while they're trying to basically uh, kind of get together and get on the same page as a team. I think this is, I, I don't know if it actually will help them out. Uh, I, I I really don't know one way or another. I think that they have a lot of really good talent, but I definitely agree that it's been overblown. And I think that you're going to have to give them time to kind of meld before you can really distill anything profitable from them. I think one of the teams, and I'm not going to say that they had the best offseason, but I think a really underrated one is uh, San Jose. Uh, I think San Jose had a really po- uh, really great one with just, you know, yeah, okay, they had the injury and everything, but Grizo, Mensa, uh, you know, re-signing some of that talent. They have a lot of talent that's coming up and getting to a point where hopefully they can start contributing. I think that they could be an actual playoff team, um, which I 
I know that sounds almost like a backwards compliment, uh, but I, I think that they could be a team that actually does some stuff in towards the playoffs. And I think that's completely different than what we've been seeing for this team. But yeah. before before the Nathan injury or Natan or however you say it, uh, <laughs> like like co- coaches you do not and, say it like Natan, do you? I, I, I I've no never. I've never he's he's he? <laughs> There's no way it's just Nathan. I think it's just. I've Nathan. I've, I, I've heard it Nathan from Jamin. So I, cool. You know what? I'm right. gonna say I'm gonna say Natan though. I like Natan. <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 Nathan. Before Nathan got injured, like coaches. <laughs> Yeah, before Nate Dog got hurt, uh, <laughs> scouts and front office people and coaches were gushing about the Quakes in preseason. Um, they played Toronto FC in a closed door friendly, and like beating Toronto FC is not exactly a, a class A victory at this point. But like they drilled them, like it was yeah. TFC didn't touch the ball. Um, so. Like yeah, but a lot of excitement in in uh, Quakes Land. Well, maybe we'll maybe we'll spin them on the wheel of fandom next week. But for this week, we got to get started on our wheel of fandom. Uh, for the previously mentioned Seattle Sounders, um, I'm going to read you guys uh, some some statistics here. Okay, uh, 2018 Atlanta xGD per game 0.91. 2023 Philadelphia 1.54 xGD per game. LAFC 2019, 1.29 XGD per game. 2023 Seattle, 2.21 XGD per game. Fellas, is this the greatest team in Major League Soccer history? It's not too early to say yes. Kieran? Uh, maybe. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll find out. I'm, I am like... So, okay, we had, we had, we had a, a funny chat in ASA Slack about um, people referring to... Seattle's opponents as weak because their stats are bad when their stats are bad because they're getting their whooped by Seattle. They're the two teams that have played Seattle. God, yes. You guys are talking about that poor tweeter, man. Like, leave him alone. No, 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 no. But what I want to say, what I, what I want to say is that I thought Colorado would be like, okay, coming into the season. I didn't think RSL mm-hmm. would be good, but I thought Colorado would be like decent and Seattle beat them so badly that I'm like, I, am I like wrong? Like Ben, like Ben Bellman and I have been like messaging back and forth, been like, wait, so like, are they actually bad? Like, I don't know. Like, what's going on? Like, they, what are they doing with the center backs? Because like the center backs got killed, and it's like Seattle have been so good, they're like causing franchises to like doubt their existence through two games. It's uh, it's been, been a strong thing, um, you know I. One thing that always happens with the Seattle Sounders is that there's always a lot of hype for them before the season starts, right? And you get like a lot of like, this is going to be a great team. Like I thought, oh, you know, this is going to be an incredible, like last year, you know, you're like, this is the team that's going to go all the way. Um, and I guess they won Champions League, but <laughs> I forget that part. And then, you know, the disaster happened towards the end of the season for reasons that have been discussed a number of times. Um, we, we're not going to probably relitigate too much today. Um, but this was the year I think there was like the least hype for the Seattle Sanders coming into the season that I can recall. Like everyone was like, they didn't really do anything in the off season. Like they got a backup forward. Cool. Um, you know, they didn't really like, they didn't get a new center back. Like a lot of people thought they were looking for, and I, they think they were looking at long, but that just, you know, 
LAFC, what are you going to do? And, um, you know, they didn't look at the left back situation and really make any big changes there. They didn't really bring any depth uh, anywhere else on the team. Like really just the one acquisition <laughs> was just Hey Bear, uh, who um, it turns out pretty good acquisition because these are the sort of games where Rui Diaz being injured would have been really, really hard for Seattle. And instead, now you're looking at this going like, how do you take this guy out of the team? He's like the best offensive player in the league right now other than maybe the other guy for Seattle, Jordan Morris. And um, yeah, so it's kind of a funny thing to see them kind of go under the radar as far as like hype is concerned this season. Uh, and and yet um, this is, you know, they've come out looking like a house on fire. So um, my question, I guess, then would be more, is this a sustainable thing? Does this look sustainable to you guys? Can I, can I drop, since Seattle are, are the holders, this is their competition still, can I drop a live CCL update for everybody? Yeah, please. I'm just getting into a, this. A like live a, one? Uh, Austin are playing Violet, who are a Haitian club in the Dominican Republic. As you oh, said, wow. I, don't, I don't know why the game's in DR, but okay. Uh, they're currently down 2-0 after 35 minutes. <laughs> and, <laughs> and people are retweeting Amro Tariq's. Uh, signing photo, so I have no idea what's going on, but it cannot oh be going God. well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I just got a message that was just like, you need to look at the score. And, uh, oh well, boy. Okay, well. <laughs> well, on, on the Seattle note, uh, do I think it's sustainable? Yes. I think like the... So the thing for me that like, okay, the attacking numbers are crazy. Some of it is like, I like, like ridiculous center back errors that are not going to consistently happen. Like Lala Shabubakar, like fluffing clearances in his six, but fluffing them in a way that they're like a perfect layoff for a shot. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's just a kind of random noise. The thing to me that has been a really big bellwether with the Seattle team, even last year is like, what is the the repress look like? And what does the press look like in general? And through the two games so far, like even when Seattle are losing the ball, like the counter press is so good. Nuhu yeah. and Yamar and like the whole back, even Roldan are like just jumping so well into repress moments to keep teams pinned in where it's like you are just constantly getting put in the attacking blender and there's not, it's very hard to transition out of without being able to like, play through and you look at Colorado where like Colorado, the first half had there's moments at one nil where they like kind of play, play through. And then the second half it's, there's nothing. And then you look at RSL, there's nothing like they just, I think at halftime RSL had zero shots. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. So pretty, I mean, that's crazy to me. I'll, I'll double down on that and I'll say it's not just, right? It's not just Yamar who's been excellent. New who looks like he's kind of getting back to his old defensive ways, right? Still really shaky on the ball, but it, it seems like they're, 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 he's got some growth moments, is what I'll call him, right? Zhao Paolo is back. And not just Paolo is back, it's Ruzniak is rotating really well with Ladero up top into uh, these counter-pressing moments to where you have Ladero drop back into uh, back into defense and then you have Ruzniak pushing forward with Morris and Hebert. And it's really interesting because I don't feel like I've ever seen Ruzniak press as well. There was times last year that he had some really good moments, but like 
in the first two games, I just feel like he's just he's stepping up in a larger capacity uh, defensively and that front foot. And it just it, it it was really interesting to me. I think big props also has to be to uh, Jackson Reagan, right? He's been really solid. The the start last year was really it was his coming out party. This year he seems to have you know uh, a really strong start to his sophomore year, which. You know, you can go through the whole list of, oh, there's left back. They didn't add any depth really to their team. They added a secondary striker, which, again, I, I feel like I want to underline. They took a chance on Avery, right? Like, he, he's coming off an injury. He looked okay in NYC next last year, but he didn't – There, the, I don't know if – I'm sure Matt Doyle will say that there's like, oh, there's signs, you know, he was really great and there's all – I don't feel like there was ever a moment there was like, oh, he's back. Like there is now there was, this is a, this was a chance that the Sounders took on a, a player that had a significant injury like Paolo and had brought him into this team and it could have very well gone the other way. And on top of that, you still have a center back who's on your roster that uh, probably won't be in the next six weeks. Right. Uh, yeah. Ariaga is a problem and is an issue that they need to figure out uh, and they need to add depth. Because they could very quickly, what makes this team strong and what makes this team strong for the future is they don't have this huge, uh, this really tight game schedule over the next three months. They have a very, very lenient schedule that's going to allow them to rest their best 11 on a consistent basis. And that's why it's sustainable now. If this is a roster that's going into a CCL uh, type of event or tournament, they're in trouble. And so it's going to be really interesting to see what this lineup looks like in four or five months with all that layoff. Can they keep people healthy? They should. Um, Hopefully that's still the case. If it's not, uh, you do start to see some, maybe some, uh, some scary uh, situations that come up because, you know, there are some parts of this roster that are a little bit lean. The, the drop off, from Joe Paolo to, you know, 18-year-old is pretty significant. Um, as good as these 18-year-olds well, they have are. And, and the, be- the best 18-year-old's injured. Like, Obed is not playing for now. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's it's a extra, extra big drop-off. Although, I mean, I yeah, I mean, Atencio, I think, has, has been uh, good. I was just going to say, Atencio was really strong, I thought, coming on the field. So I don't think I, – I agree with you. The drop-off is there. Um, you know, they also have Kellen Rowe, who can play multiple positions. Uh, but, yeah, the, that that midfield spine, I feel like that's – you know, the center backs, the, the, uh, somebody filling in that six in front of the center backs, that's kind of where I'd, I'd be worried about, right? Um, and that's where, as, as Kieran pointed out, that's where a lot of that strong counterpressing kind of builds from. So I, I'd be kind of worried about that. Joe Paulo is so interesting because I really expected a diminished Joe Paulo this year coming off that injury. Usually you see that next season is sort of a, a bridge season, right? Where you're going like, okay, well, he's got to get back up. And it's not just physical, it's mental. It's learning to trust those legs, learning to trust that muscle again. Um, 
doesn't seem to be a deal for him. <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's on every inch of the field. Like anytime, like I like would watch these last two games and see like any sort of sniff of an attack from the opposition that I was like, Ooh, that could be, Oh no, never mind. Joe's got it. Uh, it, it's just fine. He took care of it. It's all good. Uh, so yeah, so that that's a that's a fascinating thing, and like he's just such like a, an under, like he's not. I don't want to say underrated because everybody knows how fantastic he is, but he's it, his presence is uh, understated in a way. Like he's just kind of this workman, this workhorse in the midfield that just does all that 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 water carrying, and he does it so well. Uh, and you just are surprised every once in a while to just see him pop up in like the either box, like oh, there's Joe Paolo, nice. Yeah, it's great. Exactly where he should be. Um, so yeah, so so definitely like any player that they bring in, it doesn't matter. Like any like any guy that they have on their roster is probably going to be a, a pretty big step down from Joe Palace. So keeping an eye on his on his health, I think is going to be something that's going to be a challenge for Smetcher going through this year. Like you don't want to overplay these guys, and like if, if there are places where you can find some sort of like time to rest these guys, even though you know you don't have as many commitments this year with CCL, uh, you still got to do it. And uh, because it's important to, to have these guys kind of like through these long stretches, like in, in the mid and end year. And even even so far through two games, like Schmetz has done a pretty good job of managing subs. Like we are, I think as a whole, are like pretty hard on coaches who don't use their five subs and don't use mm-hmm. their subs well. But I think so far, like Schmetz is like it's four 0 in the seventieth minute. Jordan Morris is not playing anymore. Like this is not. Yeah, this is not <laughs> here. there's no um, reason. I have a question for you guys as as kind of Seattle fans, because this is like I, I watched both Seattle games this week because we got them on the wheel, um, but I don't watch them every week. What's kind of like where are people at with Reagan? Because like I look and so to me, like if I turn coach brain on, I look and I'm like, he is so slow and he's like very good, but he's so slow to the point where it's like do I have to drop my line and not press as aggressively because he's so slow? Or do I have to press much more aggressively and just be like, don't even think about dropping, just go. So like, where, like, where are you guys at? Like, what are you seeing? I think Schmetzer does a tremendous job of finding, uh, not uh, identifying what their faults are and covering it up with other players. And I think that's where Yamar and also uh and their, uh, their plus skill set helps cover up as well as Palo. You have guys that have recovery speed and have that ability to drop into the, those pockets for recovery. I think Jackson Reading does kind of end up being a little bit slow, a la Dad Marshall. But I, I think that um, in a lot of ways and a lot of similarities, he makes up for it with his defensive presence identifying runs, identifying and picking up stuff really quickly. And I think that those play into his game. That's my personal take on it. Yeah, I think he, when you said um, Chad Marshall, you said it exactly right. Like that's the kind of archetype this guy is, and we've seen kind of MLS teams move away from that archetype of defender. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see if uh, this works long term. I, I think he's definitely worth an experiment right now uh, because he does seem to have a good sense for reading the game. Now he he does like his lack of speed will get him caught out. We will see that several times if he stays in the starting role and plays 90 minutes every week. Like he will get called, he will get caught out because of his speed. He'll make a bad run. Uh, you know, we saw it a lot last year, even where yes. like he would, he would be really bad at coming out to try to win a, a header and he would just be a little bit too slow to get it. And like, it would just completely collapse Seattle's back line. Um, 
and he hasn't really had to deal with a lot of pressure yet either. So, um, you know, I think if you, if Seattle find themselves in a game where they're under constant pressure, that Reagan is going to be a little bit worrying for me. But um, as always, you know, like it, it's it, it it's a thing where you're kind of like this is a good time to develop them. This is a really good time to do that while you've got Joe Powell in front of him and healthy. Uh, you got Yamar who seems to be back to like his old self again. Um, new who seems to be improved. So uh, as they kind of like out of possession, kind of move into this three person back line a little bit like that suits him pretty well. Um, and kind of mask some of that speed issue, I think, but yeah, no, that's definitely a concern. And that's why I'm very curious about what they do with Ariaga or if they try to bring in somebody else, you know, that could be offer like a little different stylistic kind of uh, center back profile, but, but that, you know, that you're right. That is like the one place I kind of look at this lineup and I'm like, Hmm, that's my one kind of question mark. And I really like Jackson Reagan, but he's young and he does have a, a pretty clear speed deficiency in the game. I think that yeah, the longer I, they, Oh, go ahead. Go, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say the longer that he gets and the more time that he gets to play and that he can identify those moments to when mm-hmm. he needs a step, I think that's going to help further his capacity to being a starting center back in this league. The more reps, and I think that's why it was, last year was so important with getting in playing time. With it, I, I don't want to call it a lost year, but with a lot of uh, turmoil going on within the club uh, on the field, uh, I think that that was really vital to get a lot of not just him, but you know Daniel Leva and all the other players reps, uh, and, and I think they did. They need to be applauded for that uh, because. It, it would have been really easy just to have been like, no, guess uh, Kalen Rose is going to play all these extra minutes uh, instead of trying to manage his minutes too. Um, so, yeah, I, I I think it's a positive. Go ahead, Kieran. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just going to say I, I quite like him. Like I I think MLS is not at a place yet where I, like, I don't think the asks of teams in possession or out of possession have moved past kind of like the old school. I'm going to be really good defensively and I'll be like, fine and everything else center backs like I don't think we are at the crazy crazy levels of tactical nuance that like you need center backs who can manage the game on an island or whatever and I think like we did the I don't know maybe the last time we podcasted was a while ago but like I thought for sure St. Louis were going to pick him in the expansion draft I thought he was a no-brainer pick unless you weren't unless you were taking like Stefan Cleveland or something and couldn't take both Uh um so when he stayed, I was like, okay, what's wrong with this guy, so to speak? Um, but I, I, I think the the like making a back three in possession, which also leaves you with three to minute transitions, has been like a really clever adjustment from Schmetzer. And I think he's a guy who like I don't think Schmetzer gets the credit he deserves tactically because he's like seems like more of a like locker room. Yeah, guy, yeah. kind of like because <laughs> well, I, like I, like I don't want to say it this way, but like because he's like not European, because he's like right. an American, like kind of older guy who like oh he doesn't know tactics either, just grinding on the four check or whatever. But like he, I think he's like actually his ideas are like quite well developed tactically, which is interesting. And if not, he certainly surrounds himself with people who could give him good advice, I think, on that front. And, and I think he's always done a good job like having a staff around him that, that kind of covers his any he's kind got, of tactical deficiencies he feels like he has. He's got two um, assistants with head coaching roles now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Preki right. and uh, Juarez, yeah. And um, yeah, you know, and the other thing, gosh, the other thing with Reagan that's so interesting is he's actually a really great passer. Um, 
as well. And like he hits that long diagonal ball a lot. And Seattle have been relying on that ball a lot to like break presses. And um, so, yeah, so it's, it's really like him and Yamar are both really, really good at that. Actually, like it's an under, you know, appreciated like aspect of both their games, I think is like their ability to do that, that range of passing. Um, so, yeah, so I, I'm excited to have Reagan. Like I, I would love to, for him to be that guy. I would love him to turn into some sort of like Chad Marshall 2.0 thing as, as Stefan Fry has already tried to call him. So it, that, that'd be fun. I, I think that's cool. And I think you're right. I don't think that that, while we see teams kind of moving away from it, I don't think MLS is at a level yet where you, that, that person can't still be successful for, for several years to come. For sure. Definitely agree. Well, I think um, it's time for everybody's favorite time of the show. We got to do... It is time for trivia, I think. Major League Soccer right. trivia with Kieran Doyle. Okay, so in in the vein of our Wheel of Fandom, mm-hmm. I'm going to do my best to have some pretty significant team themes to our trivia. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, as, so poorly. as we've talked about, our, our theme was Seattle. So a lot of these questions are directly related to Seattle or uh, Seattle adjacent, I would describe them. Okay. So, so as a reminder, six questions. Uh, you can pick your number, one through six. Um, and it is two points for a correct answer unless there's like weird points, things going on, and we will go from there. Harrison was spectacular, though you both had a couple very fun 4-4 draws. Um, but Harrison, yeah, Harrison was you, dominant last year. I, I think you were the winner, so Harrison, I will let you choose oh, God. the first question. Is there, I, is there a way that people I, can play along at home on this one, Karen? You are correct. Yeah, so if if you if you find yourself in our patron Discord, um, as soon as we're done recording, I'm going to be throwing the trivia questions in the Discord as a Google quiz, and you can play along. So you can can do them yourself without having to. Uh, that is fantastic. Without without having to listen to us be like, uh, uh, Ricardo Pepe. Uh, Pepe? Is it Pepe? Yeah. <laughs> so yes, that that is an option um, for this year. So Harrison, you are up one to six. What do you want, my friend? Oh, God. Let's go with four. Let's go with four. This is my favorite question. Oh, God. When Seattle got an MLS franchise, when they were awarded in 2008, the ownership group pitched fans on three names for the upcoming MLS season, none of which they ended up choosing, before eventually deciding on the Seattle Sounders. I'm going to give you a list of four names. You need to tell me which one wasn't on the list. Okay. Okay. So your options are A, Seattle FC, B, the Seattle Pioneers, C, Seattle Republic, and D, Seattle Alliance. So you want to tell me which one of those was not a suggested name for the eventual Seattle Sounders? I think it was Seattle FC. No? That is incorrect. Drew, uh, Ian, would you like to steal? Read them for me one more time. Seattle FC, Seattle mm-hmm. Pioneers, Seattle Republic, and Seattle Alliance. It's Republic. Seattle Republic was not on that list. Incorrect. It was the Seattle Pioneers. Oh, that oh, was going to be my second one. Ah, Seattle Pioneers. I just straight up said the wrong thing. Amazing. That's yes. unfortunate. Yeah, they uh, it actually, yeah, because they, it, Seattle Sounders FC was actually like a, a write in thing. Yes. Um, and it yeah. was kind of a, a compromise. They really wanted the FC in there, and, and people just really wanted to keep the classic Seattle Sounders name. So, yeah, it, it was. They had a they had 
they came up with three names from a focus group, Seattle FC, Seattle Republic, Seattle Alliance. And then they had a write-in to like pick them. And over half of the people just wrote Seattle Sounders. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and so they're like, all right, Seattle Pioneers came from uh, Pioneer Square because it was the only yeah, place yeah. other than the Space Needle that I could think of in Seattle. Yes, correct. Um, I was wondering if that's where you pulled it from. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, yeah. it was indeed. A very good question. A very Alrighty. solid question. Nil, nil. Ian, you are up. Every question but four is on the board. Give me two. Okay. Um, Seattle created 3.73 XG in week one, which was by far the highest of the weekend. In the 2022 season, how many matches did one team create more XG than this? So this is one of those over-under questions. So... You can either just guess the number yourself, and if you get a bang on, great. Or you can have Harrison set the line for you and then choose over under. Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right, Harrison, what's the line? How many matches did a team create more than 3.73 XG in 2022? I'm going to say 10. 10. You know, you're going to take the over or the under. I'm going to take the under. You are correct. There were yeah. four. Oh, damn. Four. That's a pretty good game. I set the line at six for uh, the Discord. So we'll see. Another fact about that, hopefully not a trivia question, maybe. (laughs) Hopefully not ruining it. Uh, But we pulled uh, Jordan Morris individually. That's been like 2.8 XG plus XA, and that was the 12th highest in our data set. That Uh, was was going to be a question, but I couldn't. I was too lazy to actually pull it myself. So I'm glad I didn't. But that's why tw- only only 12th highest? Or yeah. All, yeah. all games or just first first weekend games? All the way through our, oh, no, wow. for our whole data set, all the way back. Oh, wow. Yeah, so non-penalty. Very, very good outing for, for young, young Jordan Morris, who's not that young anymore. Yeah, well, 2-0 to the fighting Ians. Harrison, you're up. Can you pull it back? Uh, let's do six. Okay, question six. Since 2013, there has been exactly one club who appears in both the top 10 all-time for wage spend in a season and bottom 10 for wage spend in a season. Who is that club? It's a tough one. Uh, I was going to guess NYC. That is incorrect. I think NYC are mostly quite high wage spenders. Okay. That is a phenomenal question. Um, what team just got real, real ambitious? Okay. I'm going to say Portland. Um, Not quite. I, I was shocked by this. I couldn't believe that they were in the top 10. The answer hmm. is the New England Revolution. Oh, yeah. Okay. They do kind of just every once in a while just get drunk and throw some money on on the table, right? They had the the ninth highest wage spend ever last season at like $25 million. Um, And in 2013, they spent nothing. Um, So, yeah. The the new reps are your answers. All right. Real quick, uh, Austin is now losing 3-0. Aerotech is having a nightmare, and the Nick Lima center back experiment does not seem to be going well either. 
let me let me just say, if you know you're going into CCL and you have one weakness, you should probably do something to fix that one weakness. Yeah, but like, so like, I was thinking about that a lot today. You know what? No, oh but you, know, you know what I'll say though is like. I think we're going back into analysis in the trivia section, but like I the, 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 I can't remember his name now, the Scandinavian center back, the really big guy. Um, yeah, I can't remember his who's name in, who's, in, who's injured right now is like fine. And, and Kip Keller is also fine. He just had a total disaster for one game. Oh, and yeah, now they're like, no, no, you are, you are never playing ever again. So I'm like, I don't know. Just play Kip Keller. He can't be worse than this. I, yeah, I think he's fine, but at the same time, like, fine. That's yeah, or that's the, the myriad for. Scandinavians that they have now. All right, sorry about that. Let's go. Ian, I think you are up, and you can choose between one, three, and five. Give me five. Okay, this is this is a good one as well. Um, Hanny Mukhtar won the Golden Boot last year with a whopping 23 goals, and Nashville fans will certainly be hoping for a repeat performance. Two players have ever gone back-to-back in the Golden Boot race for a total of three times. Um, so the three back-to-backs have only been achieved by two players. Name those two players. And my hint will be that uh, both of you know the players. Both of us know of the players. Uh, could it be like... All right, I'm going to say Bradley Wright Phillips. I will wait for your second name. And then I'm going to say... Because uh, it wasn't... I want to say Joseph, but it wasn't Joseph because he... He really only had that one golden uh, Wondolowski. Wondolowski and Bradley Wright Phillips. Those are my guesses. Classic yeah, so MLS guys. So you were getting one point for Wando, okay. who won back to back to back. So he's yeah. two of the three. Uh, Harrison, would you like to pinch the other name? Down 3 0. Pressure. Can you, repeat the, can you repeat the question? Harrison's getting Austin's right now. Two, two, two. <laughs> Two players have ever gone back to back at the Golden Boot race. Name those two players. One of them was Chris Wondolowski. An older player. Oh damn. Uh, Jason Christ. I don't think that's that's. that's I think Jason Christ won the first ever Golden Boot, but that is incorrect. It is Carlos Ruiz. That's it. Okay. I wow. Knew, I knew. I knew we had to go back to MLS. You know, one yeah, point. You, you were digging yeah. deep. One you were digging deep. That's classic. Classic MLS right there. The little. The little. Yeah, the little. One. Little flea. What's he called? The little. The pest. He's got something like that. Pesca, yeah. pesca, what's it? Pescadito? Pescadito? Yeah, pescadito. Something like that. He was annoying. Yeah, little, I really hated, I hate, hated that guy. Hated that guy. Well, he was the player. worst. The worst. In CCL, <laughs> the worst. Him and um, Blas Perez. Yep. Oh, just peak guys. Perez and give me just like, the most irritating guys to go up against yeah. every single time. If you told so me, good. if you told me that Blas Perez had two goals against Austin today at forty-four, I'd believe you. Yeah, just play that. <laughs> that will happen. Uh, and he might. He might. Who knows? Everyone seems to be scoring on Austin today. So it's unbelievable. Yeah. Harrison, you are up. Question one and three are available, and, and you have some points to make up, my friend. 
Yeah, three. Let's just do this. I, I'm gonna about to give this away. You're 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 gonna nail this one. Uh, the top four highest XGD performances in the entire ASA data set. So the whole all the way back to 2013, both occurred in the last two seasons. So 21 and 22. By only two teams. Name the two teams. Uh, NYCFC um, and uh, goodness gracious, why am I blanking? I'm blanking. I'm blanking. I'm it's on the tip of your tongue. You know it. It I know is. You it know is it. absolutely on the tip of my tongue. I, I, I don't know. I give up. No, you can name it. You can name oh, an MLS God. team who's good. Uh, come on. <laughs> just name one MLS team. Just, just name one MLS team that's good. I'm so, like I'm gonna say Vancouver or something. Like, it's it's. I, I feel like I've got the I've got the yips, man. I got the, the yips. The, so, so, so they had two. They had two like crazy high XD games. It's oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry, but it's definitely not Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> Philadelphia. Hey, there you go. Two, oh, okay. three two. Oh, and we see against great. the Revs in Orlando and Philly against Colorado and DC, which I think were six nil and seven nil. There it, we go. Oh, Julian Caronzo, actually the highest uh, XG plus XA performance in ever. any single game. Interesting. Yep. Uh, okay, Ian, you can put it away with the last question, or you can. There's <laughs> in a lifetime. Seattle were the team. Of week one in MLS with an absolute drubbing of the Colorado Rapids by G plus X three and most Mm -hmm. importantly, the Mm scoreline. How many Seattle Sounders featured in the top 10 players by total G plus generated in week one? In week one, uh, total G plus generated in week one. Oh boy. Um, Morris, Roldan, Haber, I think it's just those three. I think it's just those three. Unfortunately, unfortunately, that is incorrect. I cannot confirm names, but I can confirm that the answer is not three. It's not three. Harrison with the lifeline, the steal, and to make it, that is incorrect. The answer is two. It's just Roland and Morris. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey Bear, they were the top two, and then Hey Bear, I guess, joined in week two. I, I guess I think they were. Week. I think they were yeah. like one and three, maybe, or or maybe they were one and two. I can't remember. But I posted just, a tweet about it. I'm pretty sure they were one and two. Well, there you go, Ian, the champion, 2023, three yes. two This is the kind of form we're in right now, boys. We're gonna carry this through the year. Um, I think it's time to spin the wheel of fandom. It is time to spin the wheel of fandom. So I have removed the Seattle Sounders. We have 28 injuries spanning from Philadelphia to Columbus. Uh, it makes a great sound, but I have headphones in, so you can't hear it. Maybe we can edit it. But it is spinning. It's going slow. And we have landed on Greg Vanny's Los Angeles Galaxy. Interesting. Very good. I like that. I wanted to talk about them today anyway, so this yeah, will be they, good. We can talk about them next week. They've had an interesting start. So who do they play this week? Who who do we have on the, the docket for them? Uh, the Los Angeles Galaxy have... I'm just going to look it up because I can't remember off the top of my head. It is Sporting Kansas City this weekend at Ooh. 8.30. Interesting. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, there is our team next week. Galaxy fans, keep your eyes peeled. Do All it. of you out there. Looking forward to it.
Their ears right. peeled even. Beautiful. That was our episode, the first episode of the American Soccer Analysis Show this season. I want to thank Harrison Crow. You can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore Crow. Kieran Doyle at K at Kier Doyle K I E R D O Y L E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at a handle for Ian. Please follow American Soccer Analysis. That's at Analysis Evolved uh, on Twitter and. Um, it's a great time to join our Patreon. Uh, $5 a month uh, really helps support the program, keeps us running. Our server costs, they just keep getting higher and higher. And that's a good thing because it means more and more people are accessing our data. Uh, but we could just always use a little hand. Uh, $5 a month, that gets you in our Discord. Come chat with some really, really smart people that have really, really interesting discussions. Not just about soccer, about other nerd things. Uh, video games sometimes. Uh, hockey, that's another nerd thing. Uh, saw people talking about hockey. I don't understand it, but but it's there. The Canadians, they love it. Um, come in. We, we'd love to have you. Uh, that's all. Thank you all very much for listening. We'll see you next time. And until then, enjoy the soccer. I don't do it for the clout. I just do it for the glory. I just... What did you do? That shit, this is another story. All that low fives, that is boring. I can make that shit this morning. Every day I'm in the lab. But I would never record it. Every day I'm on my path. Making a lot of plans. Every day I'm feeling sad. But that's just how I am. That's just how I am. She gon' be asking for rap. Rap. They gon' be asking for dab. Dab. They tryna run at me every day. Every day. I'ma bust them in the cap. Cap. I'm in New York and I'm black. Black. I can make beats like a rap. Rap. People be holding me back. Bang. I'm feeling like it's a trap. Trap. Hit a kick, hit a clap. Clap. Hit a snare, hit a hat. Hat. Got my phone, got my hat. Hat. Got my shirt on my back. Bang. Got my shoes on my feet. Feet. Got my cash, got my keys. Keys. Out the door on the street. Street. People following me. Me. Get the f on my back. Bang. Go to f off the map. Map. Gonna ride in my range. Range. Gonna haul in the hatchback. If you clap, I'ma clap that. If you strap, I'ma strap that. Got a Mac like a laptop. I be handling that. That. Got my crew like a rat pack. Laying low like a flapjack. Got a stash in the backpack. Got a rash from the black strap. Got a blaze, gonna pass that. Got a raise, gonna cash that. I'm a slave to the drum track. Are you other digging dumb whack? I don't do it for the clout. I just do it for the glory. I just. What did you do? That shit, this is another story. All that low fives that is boring. I can make that shit this morning. Every day I'm in the lab. But I would never record it. Every day I'm on my path. Making a lot of plans. Every day I'm feeling sad. But that's just how I am. That's just how I am. Get, 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 get